0: So tell me everything. How was your summer? I hope you got to spend time with friends and family and traveled a little bit more. I know for many, we spent a lot more time at the beach and the mountains and road trips. I know, I'm totally gonna be sad when summer's over. I love summer. Okay, I love all the seasons, but it just seems more laid back. Now, I still have a kid in school, so, That's a big part of it. But even if you don't have kids, we just seem to vacation more, chill out, relax, which is why I bumped this recording up because with summer ending soon, I want us to think about how can we have that three-day weekend? Some of you might already have it, but for many of us, we want to get there and my next guest, besides so many pearls of wisdom. I just love talking to Wade. Is it really gonna make this dream a reality? So enjoy. And as always, I so appreciate you sharing, listening, liking, rating, and supporting. Toodles. (laughs) This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life. And as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Okay, so here it is. I've been talking about it, I've been writing about it. You know how much I believe. In the three day weekend. Big believer. And employers out there that are listening, trust me, you'll get so much more out of your peeps. So when I found Wade, I was like, oh my God, when can he be on? When can he be on? Because the summer is ending. And I don't want people to forget about this. But before I bring him in, because I know you have a million questions you've sent me, and he'll answer most of them. But let me tell you about Wade. Wade teaches. And he's an entrepreneur. Can you believe that? He's a solopreneur, he says. He teaches entrepreneurs and professionals to create an abundant and sustainable three day weekend lifestyle so they can better enjoy their family, friends, and life. Woohoo! He's a 20 year software company founder, business growth coach, and author of books on business growth, finance, personal growth, parenting, and spirituality. All right, are we meant to have this on here? Check, check, check. He and his family have lived Oceanside in North America and South America. He enjoys, we hope, three-day weekends and Fridays at the beach playing volleyball with friends, plus weekends with his family.
1: Welcome, Wade. Thank you so much for having me. I just absolutely love your energy, and that's probably the coolest introduction I've ever gotten. I feel like a superhero. Thank you so much.
0: Well, you know, let me just tell them. I always put makeup on and do a little bit up just in case we're going on Zoom, right? So we can come on, right? This time I'm like, oh God, I've been doing casts forever. It's just working out. I am sitting here literally with weeds in my hair and and mud on me because I went out and, and weeded for one hour. And of course we're here on Zoom. I'm like, oh my God, I can't go on camera. But that's all right. You looked great, by the way, Wade. I got to see you. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. All right, before we get started, I always ask every guest if you were going to pick one word, just one word, to best describe your past 30 days, what would it be and why?
1: Complete. Com- because I've launched a few things and I'm just about to launch another podcast. There's some things I'm not always the greatest finisher, but the last 30 days, I've been finishing really, really well. So I'm really excited about that isn't that exciting? Like,
0: I don't know about you, but I go in so many different directions. And when I actually focus in and complete something, it's just like, oh, that's so amazing. Yep. All right. So this is a big one. And I want to start out with this before we get even into it. I got inundated with a bunch of people that own businesses and said, how am I going to give my employees a four-day weekend? So let's just jump right into that one.
1: Sure. So first of all, you can't really give anything to anybody sustainably unless you have unlimited amounts of money. So just like we'd all love to give our employees raises if we have people working for us, but we need to make a certain amount of profit, we'd love to be able to give people lots of time off, but it's got to work. So this Ooh, is an yeah. adult conversation. So I happen to have my own business, but I also consult with small business owners. And they'll ask me, wait, should I give my team members a three-day weekend, you know, four-day work week and and, and keep them at the same pay? And there's different schools of thought on this. And my initial conversation is not yet because you're not sure you can afford it. Now, what you can do is create situations where you help your employees understand what results you need for them to be worthy of that. Not as people. We're all worthy. We're all you know good people, and that's great. But in the business world, for things to work and be sustainable, and that's the key, the math mm. has to work, because if I give you something but I have to fire you in 60 days or 90 days or six months because I overextended. That's not doing you any favors. So this is not a favor. This is about understanding what is it that is five days of results, whatever that looks like, whether you mm. cut hair or you make widgets or you whatever it might be and <laughs> yeah. say, can you get five days worth of results in four days? Now to one of my friends who's a small business owner, I'd asked him, I said, hey, if your team members could get five days worth of results in four days, would you give them that fifth day off, he said, well, yeah, Wade, but I'm still taking all the risk. He says, now you tell me, Wade, if they could get six days worth of results in four days, I'll pay them for five. And his concept was it doesn't have to be exactly those percentages, Yeah. Yeah, what's in it for me? So in all of this, you can even come up with situations where you say, look, if this month you get a certain result next month, you get Fridays off or one Friday off. So so many people are seeing this as all or nothing. And it is something you gradually work your way into because you want to make sure it's sustainable. And when you go from working, let's say 40 hours a week to 32, you're not going to just all of a sudden become 25% more productive. That's also a learned skill. There's certainly, there's certain things you'll drop. And presumably some of us have some time where we don't do as well with, but it takes a while. So yeah, this is an us conversation. This is not a me versus you conversation. It's something we all have to be engaged in and involved in for it to work. I love that. I love that. And by the way, I don't know if you know that I've owned health clubs my
0: entire life. I just sold them in 2019. So I've, I went through a lot of this because we're a seven day business, but mm-hmm. it did work out because of my kind of business. You know, I can make it work because, you know, we were open, you know, from five in the morning to 10 at night, I could craft it for people that wanted to. And some of the managers did it. And you know what, wait, some of the people didn't want to do it you know, they were like, I love being at work. So it was really crazy to me. They're like, no, 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 no.
1: I'm good. Yeah. Some people don't want the extra time. They want the money. And as much as you'll hear entrepreneurs talk about why well, I don't want to trade hours for dollars, well, it depends. Lionel Messi, LeBron James trade hours for dollars. They do okay. Uh, a lot of times it depends how many <laughs> dollars. But in in addition to that, there's yeah. this idea of well, also, can you afford to, because when I first tried to do this 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago, I was still an employee, a large corporation, great company, great people. And I said, can I work, you know, can you keep me at the same hourly income? In other words, can I work four days and can you simply, you know, reduce my pay by 20%? And the answer was no, Wade, because it's going to get other people asking and we're not on top uh, of our metrics. Uh, like, yeah. we don't know how to measure this. So it's kind of like yeah. what's going on right now with the work from home thing before the pandemic people were saying work from home would never work and now they're realizing well gosh this will work if results are measured and people assume that because they can see you they know you're working i was thinking about george Costanza on seinfeld you know the new york yankees always acting like he's busy and, and stressed and then you get all these promotions it's like well just because you see people doesn't mean you know they're working you've got to come up with some sort of measurement and then if you do that you can come up with just again adult like things that say the same way i say to you if you sell x amount and we're a sales organization you make a bonus we've all accepted that yeah but yeah some but somewhere we've not realized that we could have time be a part of the equation but again if I like nice things and there's nothing wrong with ni- liking nice things and I want to make that extra money I might say you know what I'd rather work that fifth day great but if I want to work for a lot of people again are saying well I, you know you should pay me that extra 25 percent. and my understanding is the employer wants to figure out a way to say hey here's how you could do that and as the employee you want to be able to say you know what i can afford to live off of 80 percent. so if you gave me that opportunity tomorrow if it truly is the case that my life outside yeah. of work my family my friends are that important show me how you could guarantee me the four days you know the 80 percent income and then show me the incentives but again it, it's a conversation so it's not going to happen overnight uh, but i love the progress that's being made there's so many people working in this so many companies trying yeah it, and, yeah and i think this is awesome
0: yeah i have a lot of friends that do it but here's the the big thing that you were mentioning you had by the way there were so many things i want to pick apart with what you said, but let's back up to the second number one question I kept getting. Okay. The lines have been blurred ever since they're working from home. They actually don't know how to separate as much. I don't know if you hear that, but now that they realize they can work from home, it's them, it's their boss. They're expected almost to work seven days a week, answer the email, get back to text. And they don't know how to separate it out. I don't know if you've been dealing with that.
1: Yeah. So, and and as somebody who's worked for home for 20 years, I, I've dealt with that with myself and and having, you know, having a family around will help you realize if you're off schedule, if you're even remotely aware, but sometimes some people are, you know, they're single or their kids have left the nest. Yeah, or, yeah, so yeah. they don't even see it. They're working 60, 70 hours. So the simplest way again, is to bring it back to a results-based conversation. Mr. and Ms. Boss, what results do you need from me that in order for me to be worthy of my salary and my income or my bonuses or whatever it is, And again, this is not looking to get out of work because, hey, maybe if I get bigger results, I could be worth more to the company. And I certainly want to know that I'm pulling my weight. But let me know what those results are. And every time you as the boss come to me and say, well, why didn't you answer that email at 11 p.m.? And my question would be, "Okay, my focus is on the results. How can I help you get the results? And basically, if we get the results, do you care? And what you're going to find is there are still there's still a group of people that are. Some people would say they're trolls or they're mean or they're nasty people or they're controlling people they're not they're afraid well they might also be that but yeah. they're afraid they're yeah. scared yeah. that if you know the basic guy motto is if it's not broke don't fix it so when they say let's change this and they've heard about well this company tried it and this didn't work out so one of the things we want to do is be able to say look you let me know mr or mrs boss miss boss what do you need from me so that you're aware that I'm on top of things. And by the way, let me share with you how I'm getting those results and maybe I can help other people get those results. Because what you're gonna find is, like everything else, water finds its level. If you're in the wrong job situation, then you'll shift. So a a friend of mine uh, who lives in my neighborhood just moved in here a while ago, he was working for company A. And in his case, it was the work from home issue more than the four day work week thing. But he was working from home and during the pandemic, because he had to, and he he has to travel once a month to a certain territory back from where he's from. And so he's working for company A, and then as things started opening up, uh, as far as regulations and masks and all that stuff, the company A said, you need to come back and work from where we are. He said, no, I like living in Florida, not where I'm from. And they said, well, you can't do that. So within a couple of weeks, he found a job with company B that's based out of a completely different part of the country, but he gets to do and still does his travel. So again, he's basically saying, I'm willing to be accountable. I'm willing to be held accountable. I wanna be held accountable. Competent people wanna be held accountable because we also know we'll probably be paid better, we'll probably be rewarded better. So a lot of it is still to get in that conversation of that upper 10, 20, 30, whatever the number is, percent of people that really wanna make things happen, whether you're specifically an entrepreneur or not.
0: You know, I just, this reminded me of something that I thought was really a great idea. I don't know if you've ever heard of heroic public speaking um, or Michael and Amy Port, but they were going away on vacation. And as far as their email was concerned, instead of just saying, you know, I'm out of the office, I'll get to the emails when I get back. And then, you know how you have a bunch of them. (laughs) He said, I'm not even going to look at the emails. So don't even, the way he set it up, you couldn't even email him until he got home so that he didn't have it backlogged. I thought that was brilliant.
1: I think it's so interesting when you start setting guidelines and non-negotiables and boundaries with clients. So I'm an entrepreneur and coaching as a business is very easy to do, at least in my experience, with whatever schedule you want, because your coaching clients come on the days when you schedule or your group Yep, yep. I also own a software business though. And in my case, it comprises a significant amount of my income and software clients for the most part expect you to be available nine to five, Monday through Friday. Okay. Well, I've had stages where I had uh, a couple employees in my business and then I've had a stage more recently where I don't have employees because it had reached a stage where I was having to hustle extra to make the extra money to afford the employee to do the thing that I already know how to do. <laughs> and. Our kids, my wife and I have two kids. They're 15 yeah. and 12. I'm enjoying that stage. And I said, you know what? I'll answer the emails. So what I do is for my emails that relate to my coaching company, it's very clear I'm not there on Fridays and my clients all know this. And then for the software company, what I'll do is on Friday after I've, I've been to the beach and I've really gotten to fully disconnect, I'll come in and really quickly just check my software tech support because right now I'm the solopreneur. I'm the tech support. Yep, yep. And I'll just in either it'll be a copy and paste response or I'll say, hey, let me get to you on Monday, and now also my business software business, it's not an emergency type business. So as I've told my clients, hey, I, I tell my front, I don't work Fridays. What I found is, guess what entrepreneurs especially respect that more and more. And some of the same mm-hmm. consulting work I'd been doing, uh, when they wanted my help they say, Oh, wait, hey, look, I know your time is valuable. I know you're busy. And all of a sudden, I was doing the same work, but getting a whole different level of respect simply because I was less available and it wasn't a gimmick it wasn't nonsense but it mm-hmm. was my reality to say look when i fully disconnect for three days i come back monday ready to do awesome stuff yeah as opposed to when i kind of blurred all together
0: i agree i agree and i you know what? it took me a while to get that too because i really felt like I had to be available all the time to my clients and my customers. And when I really put it out there, this is what I'm available. This is what I can do. I got very little pushback. I don't know why I felt that way. I thought, oh, they're going to be so mad at me, or I'm going to fail in the business world, or they're going to think I'm not achieving. Isn't it crazy? I mean, and none of them felt that way.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, it's a lot about who you attract. If you've been attracting certain people. I'm the type of person that, for the most part, it, it, you kind of like my style or not, I don't intend to be abrasive or anything or mean or rude. I just have a certain way that some people either get my jokes or don't or, uh, or you know, whatever it might be. Yeah, but there's something yeah. my mom had once told me, which is, you know, you think everybody's looking at you and they're really not. And I saw a post recently that a friend shared by the uh, author and doctor, Dr. Daniel Amen. And it was what, the 18, 40, 60 rule. At 18, you think everybody's looking at you uh, and you know, and cares about what you do at forty. You no longer care, and at sixty, you realize they were never looking at you in the first place. So <laughs> oh, I, I love think, that word. You know, my mom would that. just say, "Look, not everybody's looking at you when you walk in the party. When you this, yeah, when you that. Yeah, I mean, if you do something yeah. really weird, sure, but for the most part, you're got not their own that stuff. important. And it's yeah. kind of it's kind of humbling. Yeah. Uh, if if you really like want to take yourself seriously, but it's also very liberating.
0: Yes. Yes. Very liber. <laughs> very liberating, and I had been doing this for a very long time even when i had the clubs i decided that's it i'm out on friday but i did like you did i was okay after i did all my fun stuff with the family answering some emails and that was okay with me you know i it, i didn't feel like it was like interrupting but at least i wasn't going in there and it made a huge difference wait such a huge difference
1: yeah and everybody has their way of doing it so i have friends that say you know, Wade, my kids are in school and in the U.S. it would be 180 days a year. My goal is to work the days that they're in school. And I really encourage you, and this is i will just—this is almost like a public service announcement. There are so many intelligent, skilled, talented, and I'm specifically in Target Group, mothers, that before they decided to stay at home, and, and either way, your choice is fine. Stay at home or working mom, great. But there's so many that have chosen to stay at home yeah. and up until pre-pandemic kind of, Many companies or most companies would say, nope, if you don't play by our rules, we're not even interested. And yet, so many of the better companies understand, look, you used to work at such and such a level, you used to make, I'll use an example, you used to make six figures, which means, you know, your billable time to a client would be 100, 125 an hour, whatever it might be or more. Yeah. Gosh, we'd love to have you work with us for two to four hours a day or 10 hours a week You know why? Because we can't even afford you full time. Gosh, we know you're intelligent and and it's great to have kids, but you might be losing your mind a little if you only talk to babies. And so so there's just so many opportunities and you can say, look, I'd like to work literally, here's the school schedule. Here's the days I'd like to work. Some will take you up on it, some won't. And it just depends on the nature of the work. If it's project work that is not, you know that's important, but not urgent. That's very doable. And I think so much of it again is about opening up. And asking for things. And even one of my friends who's an entrepreneur said, Wade, you know what? I just heard you talk and I heard two other people talk. And I've been an entrepreneur 10 years, Wade. And I never realized that the number of hours I worked was a variable that I could control. Like I'm, I'm an intelligent woman, yeah. Wade. I've yeah, been yeah, working for yeah. 10 years. I've grown my income. And I always said, yes, I will make more money. But I never said, yes, I'll have more free time. And so a lot of the work that I do is just about. I remember Wayne Dyer, you say, you know, I'm, I'm giving you all green lights, like go do the thing you want to do. Yeah. A lot of times I'm trying to help people just kind of give themselves permission or to negotiate with their boss. Remember to say, hey, what would it take? What's fair where well, you're not going to be resentful? You're not going to fire me. I'm not going to be on your, your, your dirty list that if I do this, that, yeah, it's still a good thing.
0: Yeah. And I love the fact that you're not just coming in and saying, oh, let's just do this, you know, that you have a plan and that you're sitting down with your clients and going, okay, let's figure out how would you have to do? What would you have to make? And confronting the issue. And I always hear the other side of it when people say, oh yeah, Sandy, that works for you. It's so, your attitude is so woo-woo. And I think woo-woo I planned this out strategically so that it would work for me, but whatever, I don't know about you, Wade, but whenever I bring in, you know, my spirituality, cause I can't separate it. I mean, it's, I don't even understand how to separate it because who I am as a being is what I do for a living. It's like, it's all one to me. They go, oh yeah, you're, you're in woo-woo land. And even when I said, well, I've had successful businesses my entire life. How can that be woo-woo? Like, I I don't get why they think business and spirituality can't be combined together.
1: Well, and that's the thing is the most spiritual businesses are providing a service for somebody, but they're not doing it like a victim where you give all of your energy and you demand nothing in return. They're not being a villain where they say, I'm going to give you less and I'm going to take more. It truly is win-win. So I don't know any other way you would define that. And to your point, I like I tell people, look, I believe there's some greater force. I'm not wise enough to know exactly how it operates in and this. And that, yep. But I noticed certain patterns. And when I got my degree in psychology, there's a word I loved, which I learned It's is it efficacious? Does it work for the client? I say, look, it's efficacious for me to believe there's a God. Maybe there's not a God. I happen to believe it's almost hard to not believe there is. But again, yeah. that, that's yeah. me. Yeah. But, yeah, but what I can say is, that's why I ground with math. I'm a math geek. My software company. Is grounded in that. So the numbers, and that's the part of, at least in my experience, if you're a coach and you're quote unquote only doing coaching, but there's no accountability, there's no schedules, it's just nice ideas, that's fluffy. Now, on the other side, if you're just numbers, 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 don't care about your life, don't care about who you're, well, that's then just too hardcore. That's not grounded. If you're going to really have something that's true, it needs to, at least in my experience, involve body, heart, mind, spirit, intellectual, yeah. emotional, mental, yeah. spiritual, um, or physical, spiritual. And if you in- involve all those, chances are it's going to work. And if it doesn't, you know, you think about the traditional concept of the Western entrepreneur that is type A and over t- overly type A. Well, they're very much in their intellectual dimension, they're very much in their physical dimension. And maybe they'll tap into their emotional dimension for some motivation to go sell some stuff, but they're really kind of leaving out the other dimensions. And on the flip side, if you think about the stereotypical dissatisfied social worker, teacher that says, well, nobody will pay me. And I'm not talking about the person that's happy and budging their money and content. I'm talking about the person that really just doesn't feel it's working for them or they feel undervalued yeah. and say, yeah. well, "Look, you're really tapped into your heart and your spirit, but you're forgetting that, yeah, there are, there are bills and there's certain things and and why should you have to sell yourself short? And so I think it's one of those things that if you're leaving out a dimension, it's probably not uh, the complete solution or answer. And if you want to call that, ooh, that's fine. But I can't see radio waves, <laughs> Wi-Fi waves. I know they're there, and I'm in. And that is and intelligence to listen to know that they're there. Just because I can't see them doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I've never, I've still never seen or witnessed that the world is round. I can only see so far to see that it's flat, but I, I can, I can trust all the, uh, all the other data that says otherwise. <laughs>
0: When my clients start saying, Sandy, we just can't get there. We just can't get there. Of course I meet them where they are. I say, listen, whatever gets you to hug a tree. Like, oh my God, that's all I, I go. It's like you said, I'm not here to say what it is, but I know there's something there that's bigger than me that guides us. And so I'm either, if they really can't get their way, I'm going to meet them where they can, you know, but I do put it out there and it's, Really, really, like blows my mind. Like you said, how many people you know? Where you attract them from? I just attract the right people because that's the kind of people I want. That they're willing to embrace it all.
1: Well, and that's the thing too, and that's the part that I think that is really helpful about being authentic and not in your face. And you know, it's this concept. I remember actually, I think my mom taught me this too. Of you know, the rebel is never free because the rebel has to rebel. And if the rebel the rebel actually likes something that mainstream is doing, the rebel's kind of an interesting place. So if you say, Well, I'm a rebel, I don't do what mainstream does, it's kind of like you know the people that say, I'm I'm non-conforming, I'm I'm goth. Okay, you and 50 of your friends are non-conforming. Okay, so that there's a logical error there. You're all you're all non-conforming together. Okay, so you're just conforming to a different group. But if you're truly just saying <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, but if you're yeah. truly just saying, I'm looking for a certain path, I'm looking as we've all experienced, certain things happen that we can't explain. The cause of them, we can debate the cause, yeah. but just in general, it's been proven. With as I'm sure you know, it's better if you get good sleep. It's better whether you want to call it quiet breathing to quiet your mind so you can focus. Whether you want to call it meditating, whether you want to call it yoga or stretching, there's certain things that are just true, and most of them again involve body, heart, mind, spirit. Yep, and so in my understanding. You know even even if you're just that's it's funny my kids are 15 and 12 and you know, there's st- you know all the jokes are starting to get very interesting and clever and so sometimes recently i refer to them as my my great swimmers i'm like you guys were the best swimmers i said you're i remember who he was said you're a winner because you're a swimmer because you know biologically you were that one sperm that made it you made it you did it <laughs> and it's kind of this like really almost borderline crass way of saying things like you're already a winner you did uh, it and it's like uh, look so even just knowing the odds of something happening, the chances that you were that one that that made it and all these different things. I think we sell ourselves so short in what we ask for out of life. Mm. And I think it's one of those ideas that if we say, I'm willing to do the work, then asking, so I'm I'm true. I don't I'm not just wishing for something like somebody's going to grant it to me or give it to me No. but I'm willing to work for something then I don't yeah. think it's unreasonable to ask for almost anything. Because if you say, yeah, I'm willing to do the work. And you know, and it's something that hopefully, of course, is at the very least not harming anybody and maybe in some way helps others. But if you're willing to do the work, yeah. why not?
0: Yeah, it's. I just had a conversation with one of my neighbors and she was listening to some podcast of bringing in spirituality in your work. And she's like, Sandy, I don't even know how to do that. I go, it doesn't mean you sit there and talk about religion at your workplace. And I, she just couldn't understand the difference. And so um, she said, well, what do you do? I said, well, in the morning, it's like you talked about, it doesn't matter what you want to call it, but I start out my day with how do I want to show up in the world? Like, how do I want to show up? Eyes wide open. I'm not waiting for it, someone to run up on my you know, deck and hand me something. I'm just willing and my eyes are open to all the amazing opportunities that are out there. And that's, I think, a big difference for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you listen, I mean, gosh, specifically the term meditation, I remember 15, 20 years ago, it's a little over 20 years ago when Oprah Winfrey was starting to have a lot of guests like Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, Debbie Ford, Carolyn Mace on her show a lot of people saw that as, you know, it was opening up a lot of things, then, you know, the whole new age label. And there's obviously pros and cons to the stereotypes that go with that yes. and the whole woo woo thing. And yet for me, again, if you look around, whether it's Russell Simmons, his book, he's like, yeah, I meditated. Most of the people do some sort of practice uh, that is grounded in, again, being more than simply a body. And as far as involving other people, if you if i have to tell you my friend i'm your friend i'm probably not doing something right if i have to tell you i'm spiritual i'm probably not as attuned and so i'd rather focus on you know my practice and so oh
0: i love that
1: wait a minute can i steal that one i love that (laughs) i have to tell you i'm here i've never heard that one wait a minute i forget where i've learned that but i mean we'll put it this way i'm not going to argue with you that i'm a, a male or, or a man, if you'd say I'm a hippopotamus, I'm not going to have that argument very long. I might ask you what you're smoking. I might ask you for some, but I'm not going to sit there and say, <laughs> you know, what is it? You know, no, I'm not going to have that argument. But no, you're right, that's, you're right. That's the part where when we're not sure of things and we want people to agree with us, whether it's politics or a business idea or sometimes religion, because we want security or certainty. say okay i need i need a certain number of people to agree with me and then i can say that my belief system has so many people and i can then say well the numbers say therefore it's statistically likely that therefore my belief is accurate which might have nothing to do uh with the price of bread but overall to your point of the religion versus spirituality i think if you're just content with who you are and where you're at you just send love to people or you just try to be you know as good as you can to people and hope the best for them i think that's that's the best place to start
0: i agree and my thing is, you know, I hoped I impacted this woman because obviously she was asking for a reason. You know what I mean? There must be something which to what you were saying that I exuded because I've never you know, brought up this topic to her. And I said to her, I break it down into two things. It's either love-based or it's fear-based. And I recognize where I am and I try not to make decisions, <laughs> email or text if I'm in the fear-based, but when I'm in the love-based that's when I go forth and conquer.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing. There's there's so many opportunities we have in front of us and not everything goes the way we think it's going to, but I think it's one of those things, and th- this is where I, I believe genuine humility comes in. When I'm truly humble, I'm open, and I do believe that's where true spirituality comes from too. There's this genuine awe of, wow, look yeah. at all these opportunities. I mean, you and I both, uh, at least from what I can tell, you know, if you compare, for example, our level of abundance compared to the overall world, we're doing pretty darn well. Yeah. And so I'll yeah. have people say to me, you know, where's the evidence that, you know, there's abundance. I'm like, okay, are you not aware of the, oh, I mean, because, and you might not be like, for example, there's that book by Hans Rosling called Factfulness. And, you know, he goes into the, you know, some of the math and, you know, six out of seven people on the planet live on less than $32 a day. And, and and it gets you know it gets less as you go down you say okay well okay now do i go the other way now do i feel bad for having money nope um at least not in my experience say okay well look but I, but be aware there's already things in front of you and one of the things i that i have heard both from uh deepak chopra and from another mentor of mine um dan sullivan who has a company called strategic coach en- coaches entrepreneurs and they both talk about the idea that when you can appreciate and other people talked about this when you can appreciate what's in your life and have gratitude for it it builds confidence yeah. and it inspires yeah. you to then take yeah. action as opposed to focusing on all the things you don't have yeah and so from that perspective i just encourage people if, i mean if you're listening to this in any format if you're on on, on your phone if you even get wi-fi uh if you're able to get this there's some good things in your life and uh, to me it's just how do you build upon that next thing whether it's asking for a raise whether it's asking for job flexibility but to do yeah. it in a way again, that honors both people involved uh, to where both people can win, uh, win-win I love that. situation.
0: I love that. Okay, I wanna make sure I get some of these points out because they're brilliant. So let's start with the first one. You need to answer this. This is a big one. I've heard a lot of different ways this can go. Should people do what they love for living or do their soul work as a hobby? And that was one of the questions I got too.
1: My experience is it really just depends on you. Um, I've done it in a way where for me, I've tried at times to do what I thought was my sole work and I've not made money at it. And then at times I've done stuff where I'm really helping people and I'm helping them grow their business and they're paying employees well. And in my narrow perspective, it wasn't my soul work and I got paid for it and get paid very well for it. So I think number one, we don't always know what our soul work is. So there's that idea where people say, you know, what would you do if you had, let's say $100 million in the bank? And the presumption is with $100 million, you would never have to work again. And people say well that's your ideal um you know that's your calling i'm like no no that's not your calling that's your ideal lifestyle if i had 100 million dollars in the bank i might go you know i might play volleyball all day i might go do all these different things your soul work in my understanding takes many different forms waking up in the middle of the night to feed your kid that's probably part of your soul work i happen to like coaching youth sports with my kids i don't get Mm. paid for that that's part of my soul work and so i think sometimes when we get for those of us that really do look to integrate all the parts of our life I think sometimes we're also a little short-sighted or specific in our vision of what it's supposed to look like Mm -hmm. and so i'd say real simply if they pay you to do it great take money and call that your business and if they don't um but as somebody who gets to do i I write books on the weekend that have to do with spirituality and parenting and i don't charge for those just because i don't don't, for me i don't i get kind of type A ish when i want to make money i'm going to prove to you that i'm right and i don't want to bring that into my spirituality stuff um Mm. but at the same time I get to, I do think everybody should do their soul work in some way. If they're a drummer, but you make lots of money as an exec and you can work four days because you're an exec and you don't drum it. on yeah. weekends, great. So I think it's, it, can, it can work a lot of different ways.
0: I totally agree. I'm glad you said that because so many people get hung up in, oh my God, I'm making so much money, I should quit. And yet I have a few friends, they work three days a week making a lot of money so that they have all the other time to do all the other things they love. And I'm like, whoa, you, you got to think about this first. you know what I mean? Because it's allowing you all this freedom too.
1: Yeah, also, and then if you look at organizations, like let's take Charity Water as an example. I happen to know some of their math. They help people around the world get water who, you know, who aren't getting it. And their estimate is it's about $40 uh, per person is what helps them, is their budget to help get money out to build the infrastructure that will have that person have water forever not just 40 not 40 dollars per month but 40 dollars once so then you say well what if i make way more money than i need and yes you might save some in retirement money and all that sort of stuff too but also if you are one of those people that wow it just kind of comes naturally to me to you know to do this thing and to make money then maybe that affords my other things i'm able to spend a day working on a book on spirituality or even mm. the work i'm doing right now yeah. with the three-day weekend stuff uh, there's a lot of money on the corporate side. I do it more on the individual side. I make some of it with entrepreneurs. Sometimes I'm just giving away my time. But again, overall, it works. So I, I think just look at the overall picture. Yeah. Keep you know keep expenses low and realize that for the most part, things aren't going to make you happy. Though it's really cool to buy really cool things. So there's you know there's a balance in there where if you yeah. can afford it, great. But if it's going to cost you uh, working sixty hours a week in a job you hate, then yeah, you might might want to hold off on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a strategic plan. Like you have it all mapped out.
1: Uh, actually, no. I don't plan more than about three to six months in advance, and I've never have. Um, I have an idea of where I'd like to go. I very much am into connecting. I like to. One of my practices. I, I don't always do it every day, but I try to uh, is to meditate, and then I also connect and just mm-hmm. listen for guidance and. I do my best to create win win situations. I've, I've been blessed to be raised by a father who's an entrepreneur and an awesome human being and a mother who's into mm-hmm. spirituality and psychology. So I've, I've, I've you know, in and, and, and an upper middle class family in the United States. So there's a lot of advantages I've been given. But at the same time, um, there's a line in the Tao Te Ching, which I love. And it's probably my favorite line of all spiritual texts. It's a good traveler has no fixed plans and is not intent upon arriving. A good artist lets his intuition lead him wherever it wants. A good scientist has freed himself of concepts and keeps his mind open to what mm. is. So just, and I'm reading that by the way, I can do the first quote off the top of my head, but I keep it- I was gonna say, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not that good. Um, but or at least I haven't practiced be that good, But and yet I can recite the Canterbury Tales. I did have to do that in high school, but anyway. Oh God. Um, but, but, um, but in that, just being present, and there's a concept in the Down. You'll find it in other spiritual texts of, you know, trust in God, trust in your heart, be present, be connected, yeah. be open, yeah. lead with love, look to love, not fear, however you wanna do it, and then trust your natural response. And that doesn't mean it's always rainbows, doesn't mean it's always million dollar lotteries.
0: Yeah. But yeah, yeah.
1: You know, so for me, that's that's simpler.
0: I'm so glad to hear you say this because I do mentor a lot of young people and how to start a business, how to start a health club. And a lot of people don't want to hear what I have to say, which is I never planned to own a health club. Somebody presented the idea to me. If I love the idea, then I run with it. I mean, and then that's it. If I love it, I mean, it took me three years to get it off the ground, but I'm going or, you know, being a TV, whatever TV host, whatever I did, it wasn't like I sat down for me. This is how it worked out. And said, this is what I want to do. Somebody came to me with these different ideas. And then I went, that's it. I do everything to the max and make sure that I'm going for it. And I love it. And I'm passionate about it. But I didn't set out with that goal. Like I thought I was going to be a dance instructor for a living and be happy doing it. But all these ideas kept presenting to me. But I do every morning journal, looking for it, asking for guidance, tapping in. and the most amazing things have beyond my wildest dreams that happened in my life, but I didn't have this plan, like this five-year, this is what I'm going to do in a year, I'm going to do this. They came to me, Wade.
1: Yeah. And that's that's the thing. I've you know loved Deepak Chopra's work on synchro destiny, which is this idea of having an intention of where you want to get, but not this um, white knuckle goal. Like, okay, I have an idea where I'm going to go. But then as, as synchronicities show up, as meaningful coincidences show up, that I'm I'm open to what they might mean. Yeah, yeah. And then in, in Shakti Gawain's book, Creative Visualization, she had this thing where she'd, every time as an affirmation, she'd say, and the short version is, this or something better is now happening in harmonious ways for all those involved in the universe or something like that. But in other words, the idea that there might be something better. And to your point, same thing. I started, I thought I was going to be a certain type of executive coach. I, I financially at least failed miserably within the first seven months after I left my job. And then within nine months had a software business going that's paid over 80% of my bills for the last 20 years that I'd never, I had no intention of starting a software business, but thank goodness, thank God, I was humble and open enough to listen that like, okay, yeah, you want software? Okay, that's a, <laughs> that's a talent of okay, mine. You it might want not be my love, yeah. and yet, and yet here it is that's afforded me to do these things. But also it's taken me 22 years To get to a sustainable three day weekend lifestyle. So, for me to tell somebody, well, yeah, map it out in a couple of years and it's going to happen. Yeah. Any business, any real business takes three to five years usually to to get going. So, yeah, um, I think it's expectations too.
0: Which leads me into how long should it take to create a sustainable three day weekend lifestyle, which I'm sure you hear all the
1: time. It depends how much work you've done. You know, you have people that'll say, well, I, you know, I just wrote this book and, I you know sold it and I did, just created this course and I made a million dollars off of it and so there and I and I created the course in three months. Okay, what did you do before that course? Uh, chances are the answer is not nothing. Oh, for twenty years I was you know world class soccer player that, that, that I have this following of ten million. people. Oh, okay, so you did you might not have done that work. Yeah, but you did other work. So a lot of it depends on where you are. If you're an employee and you're in a situation where you're very in tune with your employer about what results they need from you. And you can then devise or there's you know ideas just around saying, okay, you know, what at what point would it be worth it to you? The simple question is at what point would it be worth it to you to pay me for you know for results to what results could I get where you'd say, I don't care what days you work, I don't care if you work from home or from the office, or whatever the whatever the variable is. And so it's approaching it, I think, in that way. And so it's something you move towards. And I've always told people, look, if you're an employee and you're trying to, let's say, prove this to your boss and your boss is a little uncertain. Say, here's what I'm going to do. I have, Let's say you have two weeks of paid vacation available. Say, look, boss, can I, that's so outdated, saying, look, boss. Well, anyway, <laughs> look, boss, take, um, can I take 10 weeks, for the next 10 weeks, can I take Fridays off on paid vaca- of my paid vacation? Sure, OK. And you might either tell them ahead of time what you're going to do or not. But basically, in those 10 weeks, get better results than what normally happens within five days. And at the end say, okay, look, I've demonstrated that even with me being off with a paid vacation that was promised, Mm -hmm. I've now shown you that I can get better results. Can we create a results-based situation that's conditional upon me continuing to get results? I don't want any locked in guarantees. I don't want you to, so again, you have to to see it really from both sides. You have to be able to see it through their eyes. Well, what if you perform really well for a month and then you stop performing as well? Well, then I would make less. So, And in a really, really simple way, in most jobs, there's what's called hourly your, your hourly rate and your bonuses. So basically say, if I work one day less, well, then my hourly rate should still be the same and I should get paid less. But then can you show me what bonuses, what results can I achieve in those four days that help me make up that money? Uh, and that's a really simple way to do it. And that's how as an entrepreneur you do it. It's, it's yeah, just I make love sure that. you make enough money.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. Great idea. Okay. I think I want to Really dive into this one because my mentors drilled me with this. Why do so many financially rich people fail to make time to enjoy life? Just so you know, wait, when I started out, I was a a private trainer, and back then there weren't that many private trainers. So I got to meet the most amazing business people in the world. And they kept saying this to me don't make the same mistake we did, take time for your family. And they constantly would hammer me with this. Why?
1: why i think there's 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 two or three reasons the most innocent or simple reason is they haven't yet understood how things often work so i was blessed in watching my father become very successful when i was about uh 10 or 11 years old he reached another financial level of success that you know that kind of exploded in a good way and and quite quite of his few of his friends did what i got to see firsthand was that the money was simply an amplifier we were a happy family and we had you no. Know, we were happy and had cooler toys
0: yeah, uh, yeah some yeah. of the
1: people that weren't happy sadly they weren't as happy it didn't make them happier and there's other you know stories of addiction and stuff like that um but put simply uh quite a few of his his friends uh, would kind of you kind of realize where the kid was I had to watch this because either my friends they were waiting for attention from their parent and the parent never saw it because and specifically sometimes with males I, I was raised as a male in, in Western society so I don't know for females but for males this idea of being the ever-present awesome provider, that was so like, okay, I've got to provide, I got to provide, gotta provide, gotta make sure they have good stuff. That was their love language, if you will. Yeah. But their kids' love language wasn't that. So there's that as one reason. The second reason is some people just have, don't understand the idea that once their kids are gone from the house, they're not, not that they're never coming back, but there's a different there's a certain stage when they're, you know, you're, you know, zero to let's say 15, 16, 17 versus later. And Chances are, especially if you're a knowledge worker of I mean any form, you're going to make way more money in your you know after the nest is empty than before. So this idea of let me make all this money and then I'll hang out with my kids, they're going to be gone soon. So it's just like a logical error. It's it's the cart before the horse, um, sort of a thing. And then the the third answer, which is kind of the sad answer, is some people are either driven by some feeling of insecurity or uncertainty, yeah, uh, or simply they don't have happy family relationships, and so. They literally, they don't want to face what's waiting for them at home, that unhappy marriage, that thing. Yep, or, yep. And so it's easier just to throw work at it and hours at it. And then it, you know, and that's, 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 the, that's really the really, really sad one. But all of them, at the very least, are missed opportunities. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's funny because most of the people that were my mentors at the time were men and they were in their 60s and they were trying to make up for it with their grandchildren because they felt like they missed out on their kid's childhood. And I remember I had gotten this really amazing opportunity and I was pregnant at the time, Wade. And I mean, it was just incredible what it would have done for my career. And they talked me out of signing it. And I was so grateful. Like at the time I was like, what? And they're like, you're going to regret it. You're not going to have time with your son. And they were so right. And other things came my way but that would have taken at least 60 to 70 hours of my time.
1: Well that's so awesome they were looking out for you and that's the other thing i think just in general if you are good to people despite what makes the news you know the really crazy stuff makes the news the extreme i don't know 5 10 15% of left stuff the extreme 5 10 50% of right you know ideological stuff makes the news, the, the, the weird stuff, the strange stuff. Yes, yet, yes. The basic stuff of, hey, hey, today Sandy spent time with her child. Hey, today Wade coached volleyball with a bunch of kids and donated his time. That doesn't make the news because it doesn't make for a lot of clicks. So I, I think people True. sometimes think the world is a much more, a less happy place than it is. And I've heard a couple of people say this, Wayne Dyer, uh, I think Neil Donnell Walsh, a few different people say, you know one of the most fundamental decisions you're going to make is, do you believe the world is a happy, safe, and benevolent place uh, you know, or not, yeah. and it kind of colors everything. So for me, if you realize that most people are trying to do, or if you believe, I can't prove it, but if you come from the space that most people are trying to do their best and help each other out, and you come with that energy, uh, most people look to support you with that. And so they'll talk you out of an opportunity that really might have been financially great for you, uh, but not overall, and they'll share that wisdom for you, and, and they'll look out for you. And it might not yeah. sound like what you wanted to hear, that's the tough part, um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I, I, I always tell people, yeah, I mean, if you, if you sit there and you're watching the news, you're going to just think everybody's horrible. But I truly believe at the core, everybody, you know, they just want to be loved and accepted. And when you believe that you attract those people or more of those people in your life. So. I just, I, I, and I wish it was like, okay, you're going to get a million likes because you said you loved your family, but that just doesn't have any sizzle, Wade. It just doesn't have any sizzle.
1: No, it, it, it lacks something that sometimes the press is seeking, but again, um, you know, excitement and fulfillment are not always the same thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's just get this last one in. How can I best align my spiritual and family values with my work?
1: I think there's a few ways. One is to realize that there's a lot of ways you can serve people. So my father's an insurance agency owner. And when I first grew up, I thought it was shallow. It's all about money and this and that. And I was telling my mom, mom, I was like 22 or 23. I'd been working in claims, uh, the claims department for a a really solid company that does right by their clients. Because certainly there are certain, any profession, people that don't do right. by people. This is a good company. Yeah. And I said, Mom, I'm, I'm going to India. I'm going to go help people because, of course, you have to go to India. You can't help people in your own you know, or some other place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Wait, tell me something. She said, what do you do? Well, I help people with their claims. Tell me about what's going on. Well, and she knew the answers. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've been in an accident. They're hurt. How are they feeling? Well, they're feeling uncertain. They're feeling they might get taken advantage of. They're feeling insecure. They might not have the money. And she says, "Wait, so you're helping people and they're paying you. Yeah, So get your ass back in there. OK. <laughs> and I no think, idea. <laughs> yeah well and, and again i eventually i one to india and it's a beautiful place a wonderful place but also yeah. you know there's you know I, gosh even just going to india realizing how many people in india you know, i was going there for a deepak Chopra workshop to learn about alternate you know they're different at least from what i was raised spiritual traditions and there of that I run into so many people who are wearing crosses trying to you know convert me to to, to be a christian i was raised absolutely so it was just yeah. kind of funny it's like you know everybody was looking at the other direction instead of like yeah hey wherever you're at is is pretty good and so i just say you know kind of be where you are help the people in front of you as best as you can and, and try to be good it, it's usually not that you know really big fancy thing if you have to make it a big deal out of it again if you have to convince somebody it's almost like the person says hey trust me like ooh i have to watch out for that one um so <laughs> yeah. when somebody says i don't mean to be a jerk you're about to be a jerk i don't mean to interrupt you you just interrupted me yeah. so from that perspective, I think just keep it simple. Just look to help people, look to do good. And again, it it might not be the sexiest answer. It might not be the unique thing. Wade said, be nice to people and it'll work out. <laughs> um, but it, it, it kind of does. It does.
0: All right. Before we get into rapid fire, tell us about your three-day weekend club. So I went on to check it out, right? It's awesome. It's so fun. It's like push a plan, push a button. Like, how did you come up with that? Like a three-day weekend lifestyle, but like a club. I
1: love it. Thanks. It's uh, it's just what I'm looking to do is I've experienced what it means for me to have the time off. And I've worked in I have a psych degree. I've grew up in marketing, I grew up in the business world, I've written books on spirituality. So I've been like spending this my whole life trying to combine these things, these ideas. The woo-woo with the the grounded stuff, and put simply, you know, if you look at so much research, people and families very often uh, either split or argue because of money issues, and/or because of time. People not getting time with each other, or they're hurried, or they're stressed, and they're rushed, and so the kid doesn't get time, and so then the relationship's less. And so, for me, uh, I have a goal to help millions of people to be able to do this, and so the club is a place where people can learn. Uh, the basic strategies on how do you make the most out of your weekend and your free time. Because even if you can't change jobs right now, because you say, wait, I've got certain bills and I have certain obligations, you know, what are you doing with your time outside of work? And there's no value judgment here, but is it is it fun for you? Is it fulfilling? Are you getting time doing the activities you love with the people you enjoy uh, being around? And, and are you enjoying that part of life? And then as you do that, then say, how can you create more time to do that? Because if you, at least in my experience, when you ask people, where their most meaningful experiences in life have happened. There's an exercise we do, and I'll have asked people to write down the 20 most important things. Usually at least 80% of them happened outside of work. And I love work, but you know, a lot of more meaningful stuff happens outside of it. And so you say, well, if that's the case that my weekends, whether it be a one-day weekend or a two-day weekend or whatever, is where most of my life that I'm most passionate about, my memories happens, well, if I can expand more of that, I can get more of that. And rather than waiting until I'm 65 and or an older age when I'm you know less capable of doing things, I'm about to turn 50, and there's certain things I can't do uh, that I used to be able to do. Let me enjoy this now. Let me enjoy my kids now. Let me enjoy my life mm. now. Especially knowing that, of course, tomorrow is never promised to any of us. Yes. Um, so yeah. All right. Cool. You ready for rapid fire? Absolutely. Favorite
0: color? Purple. Favorite food?
1: It's a specific type of, and it's um, I'm. I eat vegetarian slash vegan, but it's a, a lasagna called lasagna de ajidigaina, which actually has chicken in it. It's from Peru. So yeah. Lasagna de ajidigaina.
0: Oh, that sounds really good.
1: I love lasagna.
0: All right. What do you like doing in your spare time when you're, I, I know you're going to say volleyball, but is there anything else?
1: I love putting my headphones on, playing loud rock music, playing along with my drums, which I'm pretty good at, but convincing oh. myself that I'm as good as the people on there. Uh, my wife has sometimes referred to it as sounding like a cat that's being murdered, but I enjoy it. <laughs> I love
0: the cat part. All right. So favorite book that you're reading right now?
1: Favorite book that I'm reading by right now is a book called Who, Not How by Dan Sullivan. Oh. And it's basically the idea that when we get stuck, a lot of the times, well, he, he's an awesome entrepreneurial coach, helps people free up, um, you know, focus on the freedoms of income, time, relationships, and the work they do. And in this book, it really goes in the idea that if you really want to make awesome things happen, the how concept is, I'm going to try to figure out how to do this. The who concept is who can I partner with? Who can I learn from? Who can I work together with to make something happen? And that the who path is a lot quicker and more powerful.
0: Oh, I've never heard of that book. How does it? Yeah, That's what I need. How? Another self-help book. <laughs> you should see my room. Oh my God. Okay. So a sticky Wiccan, I call something that was a little sticky wicket in the past year that you had overcome one of your challenges.
1: I would say just the idea of letting go of caring what other people think about what's going on politically and whatnot. I Ooh. happen to think that I'm a, I fancy myself a pretty open thinker. So I don't subscribe particularly to any particular party. I just like to try to think through each issue. Uh, mm. But it sometimes get in arguments with people or just, just get too attached to whether they got it or not. So now I just realize we're all kind of doing our thing and, and that, takes up way too much of my time and energy. It prevents me from doing the things I want to do. So just letting that go.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Okay. If you were going to be an animal, what would you be and why?
1: Seagull. I love the book, Jonathan Livingston, Seagull. <laughs> okay. I, I just love the, the, the freedom, the flying, the doing what I want. And I recently reread it a while ago after like decades. And there's even way more depth in it than I even remember when I first read it like 20, 30 years ago. Uh, but I just... Yeah, I, I love watching seagulls I love watching uh pelicans fly I just love that whole thing second would be a dolphin but but first yeah. uh the seagull
0: okay if you could sit down and have an interview with anyone who would it be
1: Sting the lead singer of the police which really oh I'm a huge police fan huge sting fan you've just reminded me I've got to get on that because a couple of people have been on my list for the last 20 30 years no longer uh, inherit a body or, or, you know, live in a body. So yeah, I need to, I need to get on that sting. Love his work, his, uh, what he's about, what he tries to do uh, as or what he does to help people and inspire people. So, yeah.
0: You know, I haven't been to a concert in a long time. And just uh, last week, I went to citizens bank outside concert and it was, I don't know if you've heard of these people, Weezer, fallout boys and yep. green day. Yep. Oh my God. Talk about a performance. It crazy crazy, crazy fun performance. And I was thinking about that because the lead singer of Green Day was such an amazing entertainer. I want to sit down and just get to know him, you know?
1: Yeah. he's He is Joe. Is, he is an amazing person. And that, that's my other favorite group otherwise is Blink 182, which is very much in that same yeah. sort of genre as them. So.
0: Yeah. And I've never seen him and I'm like, oh my God, he's such a great entertainer. All right. What would one of your favorite days look like from morning to night? What would you do?
1: Favorite day is wake up, have breakfast with family, maybe before that, usually they wake up a little later than me, do a little meditation, do a little yoga, do a little bike ride, have breakfast, uh, go play some volleyball at the beach, hang out at the beach with the family after, and then later in the evening, uh, hang out with the family either and friends, either at a get-together or go out to dinner or just go to the beach, paddleboard, and uh, that's I'm, 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 gosh, I'm grateful to say that's what we do uh, pretty often.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a really fun time to me. All right, wait, we have to wrap up. But before we go, please tell our listeners how they can find you, reach you, and check out your uh, system.
1: Absolutely. So to learn more about and to get access to the club for free, go to 3dayweekendclub.com. And then if you want to learn more about the books I've written on parenting, spirituality, personal finance, and so on, go to wadegalt.com, W-A-D-E-G-A-L-T.com.
0: Cool. All right, my Let's Keep It Real people. I know you're going to say, I love this. It was great. There are so many takeaways. You're going to want to share it, like it, rate it. And we really, really do appreciate it. Wade, thank you so much for being on Let's Keep It Real.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Sandy. I really enjoyed this.
0: Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And I'm sitting here, which is unusual for me. I have so many takeaways for me. I'm like, oh, I got to read that book. Oh yeah. I forgot about him. So thank you on a personal note. My pleasure. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show and remember keep spreading the positive.